0: Listener Production. Kickpod acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast, the Yulikult Wulun clan of the Boomerang who are a part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today.
1: Welcome to the Kickpod, your DNM on the stuff that matters, but also the stuff that doesn't. One, two, three, Oh. <laughs> I feel weird because you're like to my side. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, just Steph's side right now. Well, because we've just had the lovely Rachel who we're about to introduce for this we podcast. Have. We've just finished our chat with her. And so Laura's still sitting kind of to the side, which is how we sit when we have a guest here.
0: Yes, but no guests right now because we are introing <laughs> the guest. So the guests anyway today. Mm. So today is a very good conversation that we are very excited to share with you. And we have got Rachel Baker, who is the founder of Libido, which is a sexual wellness business, and their mission is all about breaking down taboos and stigmas around sex and pleasure by normalizing the conversation. Mm, And she certainly
1: created a very safe space for us today. I felt like this conversation was so awesome because I got so many takeaways, and I feel like it's it's educational, but it was also, to be honest, it was a bit personal. We we both opened up about some stuff.
0: Yeah, conversation we've had about, about our sex. personal sex lives on this microphone ever. It's very true. And I think that
1: that's awesome because what we do speak to in this podcast as well is like how it is unfortunately still such a taboo topic. And I think the more that we can have these open conversations and normalize these conversations, less people will feel alone in whatever they're going through when it comes to their sexual wellness. So we hope you guys enjoy this chat. We hope you learn from it or also just feel seen or from the things that we opened up about as well. And here is Rachel.
2: Rachel, welcome to the Kick Pod. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me in. Mm-hmm.
1: I am really excited to get to know you a little bit more. Um, I feel funny because I've got to know your products before I've got to know <laughs>
2: Oh, you as a person. Oh, I love that. I want to hear. You have to tell me how you've been finding it. <laughs> I, will, I will absolutely get into that.
1: But I have a funny story. It's one that I've actually shared um, in a kick bump episode. But uh, I just feel like you have to know about this. So the other day, I have a two-year-old. Yeah. And my husband Josh was on the toilet and he saw Harvey walking in front of the toilet door with something in his hand. <laughs> and he was like, Harvey, um, can you come here? Can you please come back here? And he had uh, my vibrator in his hand Um, and the only reason it was in reach was because we'd gone away that weekend and taken this away with us and so it was in its little bag, in our bag and not away. And it was just so funny because… Was it in the bag or he's taken it out? He had
2: taken it out. That is so funny. And just… Obviously I love that though, clean. because you know, it's supposed to be left out on your bedside yeah. table. Yeah. You know, we're not trying to hide I mean, it's it beautiful. away. It's like it's supposed yeah. to be something, you know, that yeah. you'd leave out. So that's so funny. The what did you to do? Grab. Did, you, did you I I <laughs> you laughed. I love thought it. it was so
1: funny. Um but Josh, yeah, and Josh thought it was funny too. But we were like, maybe not
0: not a toy. We're to breaking down stick toys. Not us. that
2: not that earlier. <laughs> yeah, it's probably but been it is, too But It's young. because
0: it's this beautiful beige. Well, it, it looks like looks, a ball to him. It really. does. It's yeah. not like a yeah. large purple thing. It's like, no. that's a sculpture in a way. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
2: that is that's brilliant. That, no. that, that is like, such as soon as I knew you,
1: we, we were gonna have you on, I was like, I'm I'm gonna tell where
2: <laughs> I love that. And a great vibrator, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah I want to hear it's, how it's have it's you been great. finding it. It's, it's great. great. I love it. It's <laughs> a very good, very, very good vibrator. Oh, I love that. Can I actually I'm
1: gonna just fully give your products a plug. Best lube I've ever tried.
0: Do you use lube?
2: Yeah. Sometimes. Not all the time. The wow. lube, like, the best. yeah, the reviews on the lube have been so amazing. It's the most natural it's, feeling. Yeah, it's What's really the purpose of lube?
1: Just for extra lube? Like, what do you mean? It's lubricant. Less friction, down?
2: really. Like, wetter is better, you yeah. know, yeah. if you've got yeah. pain during sex or just yeah. even just to enhance pleasure. Like, the yeah. more lube the better. The better. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this is a really gentle water based lubricant. It's all natural ingredients. So some lubes are so sticky. Yeah. And like some lubes use really nasty ingredients yeah. that can cause yeast infection. So this one's just really gentle. Right um made well, in australia balance just had
0: thrush and so i do not want to oh, get it again no nah, <laughs> not nah. from not from any products just just, just yeah i just,
2: just got it, just got it. <laughs> i mean i the lube that i used to use was this like glow in the dark one that i got off the supermarket <laughs> shelf and mm. like when i started doing research i was like these have so so many nasty ingredients yeah, and so yeah. that's why i was like i'm stripping this way back i want natural products high quality ingredients and yeah it's it's such a good product i'm so glad you're enjoying it good on you
0: yeah, <laughs> and good, oh no, and good, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so to start off with, we wanted to start by talking about sexual health because yeah. obviously for us at Kick we look at health in a really holistic way. And it's not just about, you know, what we eat and exercise. There's so much more to health and sexual health is a huge part of what makes up health. So we wanted to ask you, what does sexual health mean to you and how do you speak about
2: it? Yeah. I mean, you're speaking my language because to me, I've always looked at health in a really holistic way. I take into account like you, my physical health. I love to run. I love Pilates. I also look after my mental health. But more recently, I've really started to look after my sexual health. And I see it as a really key part of my overall health. It's got so many amazing benefits, which we can get into. Um, But yeah, I think it deserves the same love, attention, energy, and time Mm -hmm. as we give our mental and physical health. Um, So when I think about sexual health, I'm talking about more of like the medical related things around sexual health. So think about contraception, STI prevention, reproduction, erectile dysfunction, fertility management, but mm. the term that we prefer to use at libido is sexual wellness because it encompasses sexual health, but it also talks about more complex matters around sexual justice. So think about sexual rights, how accessible mm. is pleasure to us and creating a sex positive practice. It also talks about sexual well-being, which is, mm. you know, what you're also so passionate about general well-being. And so we look at things that like, how safe do we feel in a sexual encounter? How respected do we feel? How empowered do we feel? How confident do we feel in our body? And, you know, what's our relationship like to our sexuality? Mm. And then we also look at sexual pleasure, which is what I love talking about. Um, And so, you know, it's not just about like talking about or having sex, but it's what's our relationship like with our sexuality and how does that impact our overall sense of self and our overall happiness? Mm. And, you know, how can we feel good about prioritizing pleasure. Mm. So only you can answer that for yourself Mm. because everyone's so different, different, Mm. you know. Like mental health, physical health, Mm. we approach it in different ways. It means something different to us. You know, we like different things when it comes to sex and pleasure and also when it comes to physical health, you know, if you like running or whatever it is. So, Mm. yeah, I think we're talking more, it's like the umbrella term sexual Mm. wellness, Mm. which incorporates all of that amazing well-being.
1: It's so interesting. And I think because... I suppose speaking about sex is still so taboo, especially like one, sexual health. I feel like because we've been able to break away from the the taboo, I mean, it's still, there is still a little bit of a stigma attached, obviously, to mental health and everything like that. But those conversations have been able to be had. So you can kind of see where you're at, at least, in in your mental health. You can, there's a bit of a scale. You can know when you, you need to work through some things and when you're feeling really good. Similarly to physical health, like you kind of know if you aren't necessarily doing the best for yourself in your physical sense, um, or if you're doing really well, or if you're doing too much. When it comes to sexual health, because it has been such a taboo topic for such a long time, how does one kind of understand where they're at with their sexual, outside of the more medical things like fertility health, as you said, erectile, all of that stuff is, I suppose, much more measurable when it comes to kind of discovering what they like or those kind of parts, how does one kind of figure out where they're at and and take a step to to learn more about it?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, it varies on such an individual level. So, it's like there's no right or wrong place mm-hmm. of where you need to be. Like, same as your mental and physical health. Like, yes, it's a journey. So, there's no end goal that we're trying to get to in sexual health. It's more about the journey of getting there. We don't get this certificate at the end to be like, you've completed (laughs) physical health or sexual health. You're sexually healthy, yeah. So it's more like it's fluid and it can Mm -hmm. change over time. So I think it's more about where do you want to go with your sexual health journey and why is it important to you? So maybe thinking about some of the benefits related to sexual health so that you can make informed decisions about what you Mm -hmm. want to do with your sexual wellness journey. And so, you know, if we just like… Think about some of those benefits, Um, you know, from a scientific perspective. We actually see that when we experience pleasure, we have feel-good hormones like Mm. oxytocin and serotonin releasing in our body that are making us feel really good, making us feel more calm. And then even from an emotional perspective, we're seeing like we're more in touch with our body. We've got more confidence in the bedroom when we're in touch with our desires and our needs more. And we're building intimacy, which can all lead to greater satisfaction in your relationships. And then, you know, from just a pleasure perspective, pleasure just feels so good. Mm. And that's something like we Mm. have access to all the time. Like, you know, if you've got a clitoris, if you're lucky enough to have a clitoris, Mm -hmm. a fun fact is that the sole purpose of the clitoris is for pleasure, to experience pleasure. And there's no other part on our body where the sole purpose is to experience pleasure. And when I heard that, I was like how lucky are we? Like, we can access pleasure all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, when you're on your journey and working out where you need to be, it's not, you know, don't put that pressure on yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. I need to be at a certain place. Like, we all come from different experiences, Mm -hmm. different cultural backgrounds, Mm -hmm. different religious backgrounds. And so we're all going to be at different places at different times in our life. I mean, you know, you've got Harvey, like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure (laughs) your Mm -hmm. relationship to pleasure and sex is Must have changed so much. Mm.
1: Yeah. And I think it, it is that reminder, isn't it? That it's like similarly to how we speak about exercise being find something that you enjoy and then you can kind of, it's up to you what feels good, whether it's like exercising three days a week or six days a week. You know, the scale is totally up to you. I'm sure it's similar in the way that we should be talking about sexual health in quitting the comparisons of like, you know, if you're talking to your friend who them and their partner have sex like three times a week and you're like, wow, I think we've had sex once this month. Like, what does that mean for you? And it doesn't mean that your sexual health is necessarily Mm. bad. You've got to kind of figure that out.
2: Totally, yeah. You know, it's about finding what works for you. Like, Mm. you know, there's – in a sexual self-care routine, we like to think about, like, there's self-pleasure. But if that's maybe not your thing, then you might want to give yourself a massage or wear some sexy lingerie or put on a sexy playlist. Um, You know, you could have a bath with aphrodisiac scents. You could write some erotic fiction or – Watch some ethical porn, um, you know, journal, whatever it is about just getting yourself more in touch with your body mm. and allowing yourself to experience pleasure in a way that's going to resonate with you. Because as soon as you're like, you know, I need to be having sex or just think yeah. about it in that or way, I it's like to masturbate, you I don't need to do, do, do yeah. anything. It's about like what's, what's right for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think there are just so many ways that we can prioritize our pleasure. What
0: do you see is the biggest barrier? Because I think with sexual health, it's something that's been in sexual wellness super taboo up until mm. the past few years, which is amazing. So that it's become so normalized. However, I think it's probably because we've spoken the least about it publicly. Like there's so many thousands of podcasts on exercise, nutrition, sleep, mental health, et cetera. But sexual health, there is just not as much. And I think what it makes it harder is for people that are struggling to, you know, really lean into their sexual wellness and understand what that means. It means there's a bit of a barrier there, I suppose, because we just don't Mm. speak about it as much. What do you find is the biggest barrier for people on their sexual wellness journey that holds them back?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's so many, but um, I think just understanding like education and maybe like some of our Sex educators potentially let us down. Like, you know, oh, in they school, definitely yeah. Yeah. they definitely, <laughs> definitely let us down. There are so many gaps in our knowledge. Mm. You know, what you learned in school in the curriculum. There was zero about pleasure. Zero right about pleasure. It was not about oh, pleasure no. whatsoever.
1: It At was all. It's just about reproducing. Yeah,
2: and there's like the classic condom and a banana yeah. situation. I mean, I learnt more from Dolly Doctor. Yeah, same. Yeah. I loved Dolly Doctor, the sealed section. The sealed section. Yeah. sealed section. I learned, you know, big brother up late than I did in school. Yeah. yeah. Um, the I good think, and the bad. Yeah. The good and the bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but you know, I think just acknowledging that, you know, there are so many things that we haven't learnt around mm. consent and pleasure, mm. anatomy, LGBTQIA plus issues. Mm. And so Just recognize that, you know, that's a big barrier. So actually trying to educate yourself. I think even communication, like we haven't really learned how to communicate properly Mm -hmm. with, you know, setting our boundaries in the bedroom or outside Mm -hmm. the bedroom, how to speak respectfully on dating apps. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, you know, just trying to educate yourself more. So, yeah, I think we've always been like taught where, whether it's through porn or books, TV, that sex ends when a man ejaculates. Like Mm. that's just been the classic. You watch porn or wherever you've learnt about sex and it's this classic like build up, build up, build up and then man ejaculates, sex ends. Mm. And that's a really like narrow view of what Mm. sex is because Mm. we know that sex is so much more than that and it also puts women's pleasure secondary to men. It makes us feel less of a priority. And also you see in porn that like women... Uh orgasming straight away, mm. you know, straight away they're aroused and they can get into it and then they orgasm. And but, like
0: 10 times in the one 10 thing. T- mm. <laughs> 10 times. And like, yeah,
2: talking like, about drawing. is there a comparison. point where your
0: clitoris becomes completely desensitized? Decenti- <laughs> yeah, to the
2: point <laughs> that it hurts. It's like, this is not going anywhere. <laughs> I think it's also more that like, you know, women actually need stimulation to I say this all orgasm the time. Yeah. yeah it's like most women and when i say most 90% of women can't orgasm from penetration yeah. alone like they need a lot of stimulation i i know i can't from mm. partnered sex mm-hmm. like penetration okay. i yeah, I just, are you, do you feel the
1: same? I can, but it's one specific position. It's like a, it's a very specific position. And like, other than that, <laughs> Is it specific? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, know, I mean, like, as in, like, I, it's, it's, yeah, anyway. And, but I do, I think it's about that. But it's also for me, getting my mind there, right? Like, if, if, if we've got into it and I'm, I'm not quite there at the start, but I'm like, no, I'll, I might get into it. If I'm not feeling it, I'm not going to, it, you know, I won't get there. Yep. Because I feel like my mind controls
2: my body so much you're, when it comes to that. Definitely. Yeah. that's ac- Yeah. So mm. you're so right. Your brain is so influential. And, you know, it's so much about the context as well yeah. that you're working in. So yeah. I don't know if you know um, an amazing sex educator who I absolutely love. Her name's Emily Nagoski. Mm. And she talks about this theory around, like, desire and mm. arousal. And she talks about the dual control model of sexual arousal. And what that is, is there's two parts in your brain. So there's one part that's saying to you, you know, this is an accelerator. We're going to turn things on. There are things in my external environment that are making me mm. feel really good and sexy. It might be when you're watching a movie on TV and you see, I don't know, a sexy scene and mm. you're like, you know, butterflies and mm-hmm. heart racing. But then another part of your brain is looking at your external environment and seeing like, mess everywhere or you're really stressed and (laughs) you're, I don't know, touched out from Harvey or, you know, just work is hectic and you're like, oh no, brain says turn off, brake, put the brakes on. And so it's, she says it's really important to turn your accelerators on Mm. and your brakes off at the same time. And, you know, I think, Mm. have you ever thought about like some of your brakes and accelerators? Like what are things in your Oh, stress. 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 Yeah. Oh, that's any, a big break.
0: Um, any mean conversations, like an, an argument. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. If yeah. Dalton and I have an argument, and it's, it's interesting in our relationship because for Dalton, he needs sex more than I do. But also uh, the biggest barrier for me is stress. When I'm not in the headspace, I'm just like, I can't even, it's not even something yeah. I can think about. And it's interesting because I go to exercise to de-stress me, but I don't see sex as that. It's like, no, I need to be de-stressed to be able to do it. So maybe I need to rethink that. But it's interesting in our relationship when we haven't had sex for a while, mm. Dalton gets like frustrated. Like it's like we start arguing, for him, we start arguing about like dumb shit and I'm like, this is i get so frustrated when we argue about dumb stuff i'm like i'm not having this argument you're in it by yourself <laughs> like, mm. I'm not a part of it so mm. sorry and then he'll be like oh we just we just we just need to have sex like i just it's been so yeah. long and i'm like well, because you were just mean, now can't, I can't go into <laughs> yeah. it now, right? Because yeah. you just, you've just pissed me off and I'm not, well, I don't want to have sex when you piss me off and I don't want to have sex when I'm stressed. Yeah. And that my that's my barrier. Yeah. yeah. I just can't just flip it and be yeah. like, it's fine. I know. And it's so funny
1: though because on the flip side of that, I know that when we are having sex regularly, we
2: don't bicker as much. It's really yeah, strange. It's connection, yeah, connection, right? You feel yeah. more connected. Yeah. You feel yeah. more connected. Yeah. You definitely feel more connected. So it
1: is interesting. They have got a point. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but don't be mean about it. I think sometimes though people feel like they might not want to have sex because yeah. it's that same repetitive mm. like thing yeah. that you're doing when you're having sex where it's like a bit more of a heteronormative view of like, we're getting into bed, someone gives you the eyes. Yeah, like and spice then, it up or something. Yeah, because imagine like you're saying, you know, with physical exercise, like every day, I'm going to be like, Laura, you need to do 10 push-ups. Yeah. You got to do 10 mm. burpees, five star jumps, and I don't know, whatever it is, lunges. Yeah. And then every time you're having sex, you have to do that exact same thing. And so yeah. I think mixing it up and, you know, sex doesn't have to mm. just be about penetration. It yeah. could be, yeah. there's so many other ways to have sex. Mm-hmm. You know, you might self-pleasure in front of your partner Mm. or, you know, you might just cuddle and kiss on the couch or Mm. hold hands, whatever it is. I think Mm. just kind of trying to get out of that mindset that it has to be this like, you know, same routine Mm -hmm. every time.
1: There are other ways. And it is it is about kind of shaking up the routine, I think, particularly for anyone that's in a long-term relationship. Like it does, you do get into a bit of a pattern and a habit. And it's not to say that it's bad. It's not like when it happens, you're like, oh, that was boring. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, you know, that doesn't happen. But it's always the starting part. The starting part is like so important to kind of have that excitement. And I do wonder, I obviously, as you touched on before, having Harvey has definitely changed our relationship dynamic. And there's been like ebbs and flows of it. Um, we actually did a challenge and I spoke about it on the podcast. It's probably like at least five months ago
0: 30 now. 30 Day four, Sex Challenge? yeah.
1: How long ago did I do that? Maybe four months ago. Um, We did a 30-day sex challenge because we were feeling like we were in a bit of a rut where we were like out of the habit and life was a little bit too busy. And yeah, we were like both getting touched by Harvey all day and it was just kind of like we needed our space. Um, But we wanted to do this challenge and we did find that regularly being in touch with each other like that, we were a whole lot nicer to each other. And I did also just crave wanting to cuddle him and like just be around him a little bit more and so from the sex challenge it's not that we went from like having sex every day for 30 days to then like having sex you know four or five days a week like it absolutely didn't it pretty much went back to having sex maybe once a week but it was a different feel and it was like we were excited for it and all this different stuff and but that's ebbed and flowed right because when you're sleep deprived or all of that stuff that does come with parenthood it can be really hard to like find your mojo completely um, yeah you know all the time So I wonder if you have any tips for mums, particularly if they feel like they've slipped off track, you know, they've taken the responsible break after having a baby that's recommended to us, and then they've kind of just dragged that out, which is totally fine. It's totally up to them when they do go back to it. But it is hard. It's a habit that you have to break and that you have to create this Mm. new habit again. How do you find your mojo again?
2: How do you get back into it? Yeah, Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, it's going to always, your relationship with sex and sexuality is always going to ebb and flow, and Mm. there's so many factors that are out of our control or that, you know, that are changing the way we feel about mm. sex. So I think just acknowledging that it's completely okay if, mm. if that's happened and that, you know, there is a way to kind of get back into things. And, um, you know, we have so many... I'm not a mum, so I can't speak personally about being a mum, but I've got a lot of friends who are mums and I have so many beautiful, amazing mums in our community who have told mm. us that our products have really changed their lives, have helped them, like, bring a spark back into their relationship mm help them reconnect with their bodies after having baby. baby. Um, and, you know, just, yeah, amazing tools that can help you get there in the bedroom. So mm. our Essential Vibe, the vibrator, if you've... Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> that's the one Harvey... Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the yep. one Harvey yep. was holding, yep. yes. Um, you know, that can kind of help you get back into it. But kind of going back to what I was speaking about earlier around accelerators and brakes. Mm. Yeah. And trying to work out for you, like, what is it in yeah. your life that is causing you to kind of be really stressed? And how can we, like, you know, reduce those levels of stress or is it, what are things that are turning you on? Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, you can, only you can yeah, answer what that is separate. for you, but, you know, it might be like finding a time in the week that you're not looking after Harvey where mm-hmm. you, you know, you can find some time to look after yourself and at the same time you might do things that turn you on. Like, mm-hmm. I know for me, if I put on lingerie, I just feel so yeah, sexy. Same. It's like, just, it just makes me feel really yeah. good and it gets me, just gets me in the mood more. So yeah. it's like, but I also know at the same time, if I've been working all day, mm. there is no way I feel like I can just <laughs> snap into it. Like an I have to yeah. turn work brain off mm-hmm. and actually create like this wind down routine almost of like not talking about work and moving into like, okay, I'm going to clean my room, make mm. sure my space mm. feels like, you know, I want to get into it more. And Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: What do you say though? So for for mums who are coming back, because I… I suppose what I touched on before was habit, but the other part of it is you really do have to get to know this new body of yours. Like everyone's changes in their body are different, but I know it's extremely common for women not to feel sexy after having a baby or not to feel desired. No matter how much their partner might openly desire them, it's like in their internal dialogue that their body has changed. So would you say that when it comes to kind of maybe getting your
2: mojo back, probably the first place to start is even by yourself in a way? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, it's really it's just as important to get in touch with yourself and your body and discover mm. what feels really good for you and, you know, there are whether, you know, your hand or whether it's with products, but actually just taking the time to get to know your body so that you can then better communicate that, mm. you know, your desires and needs with a partner or even just giving yourself some love, mm. like, you know, however that looks. Mm. for you. So yeah, definitely just getting, trying to get more in touch with yourself and feeling really confident in your body and understanding Mm. that all bodies are different. You Mm. talk about this all the time. Like, you know, there's no right or wrong way to be and to look. It's like how you are is how you are and that's Mm. perfect. And so it's just about getting more in touch with that and feeling really confident with who you are. How did you navigate that, Steph? Me?
1: I, well, I mean, I'm very fortunate to have a partner who desires me a lot yeah <laughs> i say fortunate but sometimes when i don't want it i'm like <laughs> <laughs> this is exhausting but no i i when i really it's think it's about hard it, being mean no when i really think about it i'm so grateful to the fact that he so openly desires me right because mm. at the end of the day whilst absolutely to your point it is so important that we can connect with ourselves sometimes we need external you know validation we need desi- we need to be desired to like feel that and so i'm so lucky to say that but for me i think it was less about feeling sexy i mean i definitely did feel different i felt like mm-hmm. i'm i'm a mom now and it took me a little yeah. bit to be like actually who cares if my mums mom, mm. can be sexy? Yeah. Like, what's wrong
2: with you? Yeah, um, That's just a part of you. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So um, I got through that, but it was more the habit thing mm. for me personally. It was definitely, I'd, I'd lost the habit and kind of similar to what you said, laws. like whilst I enjoy sex and I, I do think it is better for our relationship when we have it more regularly, not every day for 30 days, but like more regularly. <laughs> um, I do see a big difference in the way that we treat each other when we do. I also could survive like, without it. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm I'm okay for a long period of time without it. It doesn't affect me like it would someone else like yeah, Josh. Yeah. And so I think for me it was just that I fell out of the habit of it and I felt like I was doing okay. And it was only until we actually got back into it that I realized oh, actually this is really this is really good. Yeah. And it's really good for
2: us. Good for you. And yeah. you know, I think also yeah when we're talking about sex, we're also talking about sex with ourselves as well. Totally. And like, you know, getting more in touch with our bodies as well. Um but, you know, speaking about not being able to just like get in the mood or anything straight yeah. away. There are different types of arousal as well. Like there's responsive and spontaneous arousal, and we fluctuate between the two. I'm sure, you know, some people have that more spontaneous arousal where, I don't know, maybe all of a sudden you're just like, I feel like having sex. If that's mm. Josh, like, you know, it's that's just probably Josh, yeah. Probably more Josh. Yeah. But then most of us are a bit more on that responsive yeah. side of things where it's like, I need a bit of something, s- something in my, you know, environment that's going to turn me on. Like mm. if it's, that's me. Yeah. And yeah. that's,
0: yeah. And movies too. I feel like when we think of how sex is portrayed on our screens, yes. it is everything spontaneous. Everyone's spontaneous. Yes. Everyone feels And it's feels always fun part. and you're yeah. always like… It. From both sides. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's probably… So as, as you said, it's probably not always realistic it's not, for
2: people. not at yeah. all. And it's like we can compare it to our mental health mm. and our physical health. It's like for our physical health, if we're going for a run, often you need… I mean, you, most of the time you want to prepare and you want to put your runners out the night mm. before and put your gym gear mm. there. It's like you know, then you, you know you're going to the gym. But same with our sexual health. It's not something that just always comes really spontaneously. It has to be, it can be something that's planned. And that's also okay. Like, you know, I'm going to, you just start like hinting to your partner or even just to yourself, you might leave a vibrator out or whatever it is, like just scheduling it in as well. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. One,
0: two, three. What about for anyone that I feel like, because I think sexual pleasure is, it's so important to do with yourself and then also with your partner if if you are in a relationship. But I feel like sometimes, and a lot of women that I've spoken to that are in heterosexual relationships have found that sometimes it's very hard to speak to their partner about them wanting to pleasure themselves because a lot of, in a like super testosterone driven mm-hmm. person, often they'll be like, well, why can't I, like, I'm not satisfying you. Like, why do you need, it's like almost jealousy over a vibrator or over mm-hmm. that self time. How do you kind of talk to that? Because I think it's something that it's so important to have both, mm-hmm. I, I think yep. anyway, for for your sexual if you wellness. If you want that, yeah. of course, of course, if you don't want it, that that's fine. But I feel like sometimes it can feel like Almost because there's still, like, obviously mm. sex is becoming so much less taboo, but there's still this kind of almost shame element over self-pleasure when mm. you're in a relationship. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think it's really common, mm. especially in those heterosexual relationships where a man might feel a little bit more inadequate mm. when you say, you know, I want to incorporate sex toys mm. into the bedroom. But I think it's important to communicate and to explain to your partner or your partners that why it's important to you and why it's going to help you feel really good. And that also a vibrator can't replace human connection. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never, it's like, you know, it's it's just going to enhance the experience yeah. for mm-hmm. both of you. It's yeah. not there to replace at all. It's mm-hmm. just making you both feel really good. And, you know, it it's going to, if you're feeling good, I know with me, if I mm-hmm. use my vibrator with Josh, my husband Josh in the bedroom, I know that he's way more turned on because I'm feeling yeah, really exactly. good. And, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I think it's just explaining and there's, it's no one's fault because there's so much like education that needs to come with pleasure and sex Mm. and you know it's always just been really taboo and there's been so much stigma around it Mm. but it's not to replace it can't replace human connection Mm. and if you are wanting to do it but you just don't even know where to start with those conversations you're scared you're going to offend Mm. someone you might start like outside of the bedroom when people aren't feeling as vulnerable you know like in the bedroom it's you kind of feel a little bit vulnerable sometimes even with your partner. So. I think just starting the conversation outside the bedroom and being like, hey, I, that's something that maybe we could do together. Mm. You know, I've started using it on my own. I know how good it feels for me. Why don't we start mm. trying it together? Yeah. It is
1: true because it is such a vulnerable time. So it's like almost like if it's brought up in the moment, it could, it could take the moment away. Yeah. If yeah. it affects one of you, you know. It's true. It's a
2: good point. So true. Mm. Definitely. I mean, have you tried to use like sex toys in the bedroom?
1: Yeah. 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 And it's funny because… Like I think we've both actually had that moment where we've both said, Oh, like and it's more in a jokey way, but I think it's because of our subconscious, as you said, to like what's been the way that sex toys have been spoken about um in the past is been like, Oh no, we, you don't need that. Or like we don't you know, you go you go to say that. But then I think because we've been together for so long, it's like we're looking to mix it up. We're like <laughs>
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah, so yeah. We,
1: we're now at a point now where it's like, no, it's appreciated. And like we're just
0: excited that we can, that we're doing something. And I think yeah, too, no. like you can orgasm so, during sex, right? For yeah. me, I can't orgasm yeah. during sex yeah. unless I have a mm. vibrator.
2: Yeah. And, and as I'm as
0: but and that's like that's and okay. That's and I think it's yeah. like for well, with Dalton, like he's super he's like, Well, I want you to orgasm during sex. Like yeah. so if, if the vibrator is what is needed, that's fine. Definitely. And it's like it doesn't mean that he's not good at sex or no, he no, can't no. pleasure or. me. It's just that like everyone's body is different, right? Yeah, I mean totally
2: equal as well. Yeah. Like yeah. there's actually You know, there's something called the pleasure gap, Mm. which is the disparity between women and men in heterosexual relationships when it comes to sexual pleasure. Mm. And what that actually means is that if you're in the bedroom, if you're trying to orgasm, your partner's more likely to achieve orgasm than you are. And if we put a statistic around it, it's 95% of men can. And only 65% mm. of women can, which is a pretty big gap. Yeah, mm. And so, you know, there are ways that we can address it through education and all of that. But mm. it's about making pleasure equal for both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think people are a little bit scared of sex toys because when you typically think of the category, mm. you think of sex toys. I mean, I know I did as like, hot pink and bright purple, purple, phallic looking products. You know, mm. they're really intimidating. If that's your thing, great. But for me, like, like a big I,
0: wobbly thing. Big wobbly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like if your yeah. mum walked into the room and it was yeah. on your bedside table, you'd be like, f- Yeah, <laughs> you'd be mortified. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And like for me, that's really why I started libido. Like I had an experience. I remember telling my girlfriends over some wines that mm. I hadn't orgasmed from partnered sex. Mm. And they were like, let's go to a sex store and get a vibrator mm. and so we went together and I just remember this wall of just tacky intimidating mm. products you had this old man <laughs> kind of <laughs> staring at you while waiting to check out yeah waiting to check out and I was like whoa this is this is quite an experience yeah. but like I felt really weird after that yeah and that kind of led me on this journey of research and you know just looking into the products and everything and I kind of questioned like why every other category in wellness had had mm. a makeover But when it came to sexual wellness, Mm. we were still lagging behind. Like, think about the skincare that we use, Mm. really high quality ingredients. But when it came to sexual wellness, it was still nasty ingredients, Mm. unregulated. And so I just started researching and speaking to people Mm. and realized people wanted products that actually look good. And yeah,
0: it's it's so true. I remember the first time Dalton first bought a vibrator for me or for us, really, he went into, I remember, I remember I was like, I'm not going. I'm embarrassed. What if someone mm, sees to me? See you. Like, you know, shame, shame, shame. You have to go. And he went to this shop. Honestly, it looks like the scariest little dingy shop. And it's all like private. Like you go, I think you go through those things that you've in butchers. Yeah, it's like doors. The door, the weird door yeah. thing yeah. With the plat- that like hit you big with big the plastic. Yeah. 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 And I remember when Dalton got home, I was like, oh, my God, but did anyone see you? Did anyone see you go in there? Like, what was it like? What did the person say? And it was, like, so taboo, so much shame around it, which was definitely me. Like, I was not not as open to it, obviously, as I am now too, but it was so incredible to see how much the industry has, mm. has evolved and also, like, with, with your business. It's mm. just incredible.
2: Yeah, mm. I think it's, it's so important. I see it literally as the same as I see my mental health and my mm. physical health. It's, mm. you know, there are amazing benefits to it. Yeah. Before
0: we
1: finish up, I do want to say something just because if anyone's listening... Because I think to your point earlier Laws, and like to, to our points about like the products in general and like what works for you and it doesn't mean that someone's failing in the bedroom that you need something extra and all this different stuff. But for the longest time, I felt like there was something wrong with me because I preferred to use lube because I need it to a certain point. And so even like your question earlier about like oh oh my do god, you use it? that was
0: actually a bad question. No, no no no, it's not. But it's just yeah. like to
1: obviously you don't which is, like, fabulous. But, like, I think if anyone's listening and, like, has felt that and is almost, like, because it's the longest time I felt embarrassed that, like, it was something that I wanted or needed to use and I almost felt bad to Josh because it was, like, is there something wrong with me because I'm attracted to you and I want this to happen, but it's just not, like, that physical mm, reaction yeah. or whatever might not be happening. And so, obviously, like everything else, that's okay and there's products out there and there's a reason that they exist. So just
0: to... Yeah. I think that's a great point, mm. and I apologise for my question. No, Because when no, no. I think of lube, I think – because I'm not educated on lube, I think of a condom and – Needing extra lube because the condom – Putting the lube yeah. on – like, uh, in my head, the, the the objective of lube was to put it on a condom so then it doesn't, like, go, like – Friction. Yeah. yeah. Well, condoms do not help. <laughs> yeah. So I apologise. No, because no, that no, was no, a shameful sorry. question. No, I didn't mean – sorry, I really did mean But that. it's
1: just from, from knowing – Because everyone's bodies react differently,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah. And I can't speak more highly of just using lube. It doesn't just have to be with a condom. Like, you can use Mm. it with a sex toy as Mm. well. Like, it's just about making it feel better for you. Mm. And if you need that, great. Like, there are so many... Even if you don't need it, I still mm. recommend Extra. using it. Like yeah. it, just, it can only just enhance the mm. experience. Yeah. Like you yeah. know, there's no harm in using it. Wetter is better. I say. <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it. <laughs> That's a nice <laughs> one. Love it. And to finish off, if you could recommend one product that is just the most amazing thing, <laughs> what would it be? <sighs>
2: Definitely our essential vibe. Um, yeah, I. It's our external vibrator. Mm. It's really helped me to get more in touch with my body, understand my desires. I also think, you know, speaking to so many people in our community as well, it's helped people no matter where they are on their sexual wellness journey. Mm. It's great for any level of experience. So, you know, I've heard mums buying it for their teens as a first vibrator to help Mm. them explore their body because it's not, you know, it's not invasive and it's great for a beginner. But Mm -hmm. then also people our age, Mm -hmm. um, if you're a young mum, if you're maybe a bit older and experiencing menopause, like there are just so many amazing benefits to mm. using it. And the reviews that we get from it are incredible. Someone said they had the best orgasm in 11 years. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Don't wait 11 years. Like it's, yeah. Um, and just, you know, they helped reconnect and bring a spark back to their relationship. So mm. yeah, hand of my heart, the essential vibe. It's um, beautiful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it <is. laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining us, Rachel, on the podcast. It's been so great. To have this conversation. Thank you for everything that you're doing
2: for, for women and, mm. and for, for people with their sexual wellness as well. Oh, and thank you so much. I am so grateful for you both for, you know, being comfortable having this conversation, amplifying my voice and just normalising the conversation around pleasure and intimacy. I don't say that lightly. So yeah, thanks so much.
0: Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you would like to get involved in the KickPod, you can. We have got a KickPod Instagram where you can send us a DM about your thoughts on the podcast, some questions, some stories that happened to you. Honestly, whatever you want to send in, we would love to see and read it and hear it and chat to you. And that is at KickPod on Insta. We would also appreciate your you following laughing?
1: if you would like oh, to yeah. support follow the podcast, too. come yeah. and follow that account.
0: <laughs> that is where we'll be
1: sharing a lot of this kind of content. So we hope you guys enjoy that. If you want to learn more about Kik, the Kik app, we have a website, keepercleaner.com, or you can head to the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and download our app. We have a seven-day free trial if you'd like to check out the app, and we're also on Instagram at Keeper Cleaner at Laura.Henshaw and at Steph Claire Smith. And you can find us over on TikTok as well at Kick. But we'll be back in your ears very soon.
0: Bye.